Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We are stoked to be welcoming each and every one of you back to the Start Vegas Report. Uh, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazzino. we got a really, really big episode planned for today. Uh, very, very excited. We're going to have an entire breakdown of the entire signing class for 2021, which was uh, put to bed on Wednesday. For the most part. Yeah, there's, um, there's some few things left over that we're kind of uncertain about, but it's all squared away for the most part. And then uh, we'll also go ahead and why not? Our way too early position breakdown for 2021, 2021 uh, football season. Uh, you know, I think we're pretty confident in that. Just uh, Barring injuries, everybody gets hurt in fall camp. We, I, we, we Just come here. You don't have to wait for Gene Spades to come out with something or for the depth chart to be released the Monday before we play. We know who's starting. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and get, and we know the two deep. We're going two deep part, on every position. We'd like to add a couple DBs either during or after spring ball, um, just for some depth there, and maybe even some starters at certain positions. But we're feeling good uh, with predicting the lineup, and like like Colton said, we know that injuries and other things happen, and some position changes. But uh, for now, we're pretty confident with the guys we have listed, and we'll get to that towards the end of the episode. All right, but uh, to get started now, we're going to talk about the signing class, starting with those that are already enrolled and then those that are signed and then hitting up the portal. Yep. But uh, that's Gavin's forte, and I'm going to let him take the take the mic. Yeah, so with guys we already have enrolled, we're looking at Deshaun Page, Albert Reese, Daniel Greek, Carson Williams, and Nick Jones. Uh, first up, we'll start with Deshaun Page. He's a linebacker from EMCC. He was at 86... Uh, three-star coming out of emcc very talented guy i i think he's the most instant impact player we have in the class um especially on the defensive side of the ball i think he'll be the two deep at probably mike and like i said we'll get into all that stuff later but i think he'll probably be backing up uh, the mike position for us and i think he'll see the field a lot next year next up we got albert reese he's an offensive lineman he's from canada but graduated from Clearwater International Academy, which is in Florida. Uh, he was an 84-ranked uh, three-star, very good player. His coaches from back home have said that he's he's a minimum four-star guy, uh, and he just kind of flew under the radar. He's six-seven, extremely strong, uh, physical guy, and he's expected to play tackle here. I, I think that he wouldn't mind playing guard, but he's a tackle at heart. Um, very talented guy, though, and I wouldn't be surprised if he cracks the two deep next year, especially with him being an early enrollee. This will be really good for his development. Uh, Daniel Greek up next from Argyle, Texas. He was an 84-ranked three-star. Fun fact about Argyle, Texas, Argyle Christian High School, Daniel's dad was their head coach uh, for his whole time there, and they actually hired Jason Witten to be their head coach this past week. Jason Witten's going to coach high school? Yep. He's, and both of his sons go to Argyle. That's a bit of a, uh, I guess, a, not, I don't want to talk about lateral moves or, or downward moves, but every other Tennessee fan wants to get him to coach their football yeah. team. Every time that, head coach, <laughs> that vacancy opens up, but Jason Witten, and I'm like, easy. Like, let him get his feet wet first. He's yeah. never coached before. But yeah, this is a, it's a big-time job for him. Uh, like I said, both his sons go there. That's a good, a good So a Daniel Greek knows Jason Witten is what you're saying. I mean, I don't know if they've met, but he at least knows Jason Witten's kids. He played football with them. Uh, but, yeah, Daniel's a talented guy. Uh, I don't know that he'll necessarily start 
at any time here. Uh, maybe, I mean, the fact that he's here in the spring is really good for his development, just like all these guys we've listed off so far. But Daniel's a talented guy, and these reps are going to be crucial for his development. I mean, at the very least, you get to come and learn from Mike Leach and then go, go play some quality football for somebody else. Uh, but this is a loaded QB room, and we'll get to that later too. Carson Williams, an O-lineman from MGCCC. He's an 83 rank, um, and he's a three-star. Very talented guy with him as well. I think he's more of a tackle, uh, but we have more pressing needs at guard right now just with kind of the uncertainty we have floating around over there. So I wouldn't be surprised if him and the other Juco O-lineman, Nick Jones from EMCC, he's also an 83-rated player, three-star. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them get lined up at guard just for the depth uh, that we need at that position. But if some... I've heard some whispers of Cameron Jones getting moved to guard, and if that does happen, then I expect at least one of these guys to be playing tackle next year. On to the guys that we've signed but are not yet enrolled. We've got Sawyer Robertson. Uh, he's from Lubbock, High School or Lubbock, Texas, Coronado High School. Everybody knows about Sawyer. 93-rated quarterback, four-star, highest-rated quarterback in school history, recruit-wise. Um, and in Mike Leach's history. Yeah, and in Mike Leach's history. And he's had a couple good quarterbacks. Yep. Um, Sawyer's a stud. Just a couple. Everybody's excited to have him. He can stretch the field like nobody that we have on the roster. Extremely strong arm, can throw out a multiple arm slots. Um, very talented kid. Hopefully we get to see him a little bit next year. Uh, I think he'll be the second string quarterback and probably take a red shirt unless something happens with Will. I think Will did an adequate job. Uh being able to run the offense this year, but like I said, Sawyer's arm strength and arm talent just gives you opportunities that other quarterbacks in the room can't give you. So it's, this is really just about, it comes down to how fast he can learn the offense and if he can make decisions as well as Will does. I hope he redshirts. Oh, I think he will redshirt. Yeah, I, mean, I hope he does. We're, in, we're, in, we're either in a situation or we're going to not hold on to both him and Will if he does a redshirt. One of them, either one of them has to leave, or we're in a situation next year yeah. if Sawyer's playing more than four games. Yeah. Uh, John Lewis up next. He's a linebacker from Madison, Mississippi. Ninety-one rated four-star uh, from Germantown High School. Very talented guy. This is this. Either John Lewis or Deshaun Page are the biggest deals defensively in this class. There are some studs. I think Lewis could play Sam linebacker or end. Uh, he could really have it either way. This is on me. I don't have his stats pulled up, but I know that his stats for this for his senior season were absolutely insane. He's a guy that blew up very late in his recruitment, and we were lucky to hang on to him. Uh, kind of took a little while to get everything settled down with just the way that his recruiting happened. A lot of guys get multiple years to enjoy this experience, especially being as highly touted as he was. And he had to go through this entire recruiting process in under two months. So uh, big kudos to him for signing early and getting this whole thing squared away i'm excited to have him teddy knox uh the, from the woodlands high school in texas he was a 90 point or i guess yeah it'd be 97 90.7 rated four star coming out of high school um he's an inside guy very fast we have to teach gavin how to round yeah it's 90.8 yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> 90.8 uh He's a very talented guy. I like to think of him as a Tulu, but it's a more maybe not quite as fast as Tulu, but a more polished version of Tulu. 
He was the fastest player in Texas, though. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. As uh, far as anybody that ran an official 40 in yeah. Texas, he's the fastest. Yeah. Player. He runs like a 10-400 meter or something. He can roll. He can roll. Uh, a 10-400 meter? Yeah. A 10-second 400 meter? No. <laughs> a 10-400 meter. A 10-400 meter. Yes. Okay. I was very confused. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a very talented kid. Like I said, I think of him as a more polished version of Tulu, uh, and I expect him to line up inside and hopefully crack the two deep. Antonio Harmon from Kosciuszko, Mississippi. He's a 90-rated four-star. A lot of guys, he had a very strange recruitment. There was, he blew up early, and then it was kind of like schools were backing off of him the later things got into it. Uh, I don't really know why. I like his tape a lot. I think he'll be an outside guy just because he's massive. Uh, if we had tight ends in this offense, he would be a tight end. He's just a big body uh, with good hands and solid route running. I'm excited to have him. Deontay Anderson out of Fort Meade, Florida. He's a D-end, uh, 88-rated, three-star, four-star. I mean, take it or leave it. I think he's a four-star composite, three-star on 24-7. Um, yeah, I, I put three-star on my notes, but la- when he committed, I I don't know if he got reshuffled into a three-star, but when he committed, I had him as a four-star. Okay. Uh, he's a very good player also. He was part of the Under Armour All-American signing day stuff, so he, he was an All-American. Talented DN. Very, he kind of has the Montez Sweat build where he's not a, a big DN. He's kind of long and lanky, uh, and he can move very well. He's another big impact guy on the D-line. Hopefully he I, – I expect him to redshirt next year, but he'll probably get some valuable reps. Jacoby Moore out of Gulfport, Mississippi. He's an 87-rated three-star, but he's my favorite wide receiver in the class. He's going to be an inside guy, 6'4", fast, uh, smooth, great route runner, good hands. He had an injury his senior season. That's really the only thing that kept him from being a four-star. His numbers just weren't quite as good as uh, what you would expect, but he was, like I said, he was, I believe he had, I know he had, I think he had MCL surgery, but from everything I've heard, he's made a strong recovery, and I like him a lot. I like his frame uh, and just how well he can move to be the size that he is. Simeon Price up next. He's an athlete. I think he'll play running back next year. He's from Pensacola, Florida, 87 ranked three-star. He's a guy that played a lot of slot in high school. He wasn't even a running back for his high school's team. Uh, but he did a lot of running back things just because his high school, he was the playmaker for his high school, and their goal was to just get the ball in his hands no matter how, how they had to do that. Um, so he was he's just a playmaker. At the end of the day, he's a playmaker. And I wouldn't be surprised if we line him up in the slot every once in a while. He's still capable of doing that. He's a smooth route runner, good hands, uh, not necessarily the fastest guy in the world, but he's quick. Which is that's that's he's the Swiss Army knife kind of guy you need in the backfield in the air raid. You know, do a little bit. He's athletic. Do a little bit of everything. We don't need a guy to carry the ball twenty five times. No. And he wasn't asked to do that in high school, and we're not going to ask him to do that in our offense. Right. You know, if he ever becomes a starter, it's like ten carries a game, ten catches a game. Yeah. Yep. A little bit of both. Uh, up next, Rara Thomas from Eufaula, Alabama. We flipped him from South Carolina. This is another guy that I'm excited about. He'll probably line up on the outside. He's a really good jump ball guy. Not the tallest guy in the world. I think he's 5'10 or 5'11. But like I said, I'm excited about him a lot. 
it's really strange watching his tape. Y'all can go watch it if you want. It's Rodarius Thomas, R-O-D-A-R-I-U-S Thomas from Eufaula, Alabama, like I said. Um, he's not Like I said, he's not the biggest guy in the world, doesn't have the longest arms, just very strong hands. And I'm not sure if he played basketball, but I would assume he has a basketball background just because of the way that he handles the jump ball, uh, boxing guys out and whatnot. And I like him a lot. Cannon Boone, O-lineman out of Dickinson, Texas. He's an 85-rated three-star. This flip was from a, Virginia Tech. Yeah, flip from this was a huge addition. We flipped him the day before early signing day, um, and I think he's been he's a very cerebral guy. I think he'll be our center. I have him on the as the center on the two deep next year, even though he gets to campus kind of late. It's just the fact that he's a he's a smart kid. Uh, maybe he's he's honestly not physically ready to play in the SEC. But hopefully he doesn't have to. Hopefully Cole Smith cleans stuff up and Cannon just gets to learn and take a red shirt next year. Ty Cooper out of Louisville, Mississippi. He was a 85, I can round. 85, round, yeah. 85 ranked three star. Now I just got to correct, correct his pronunciation because it's Louisville. Whatever. Uh, I'm so hard on Gavin right now and like I owe Gavin everything for this list so I really should shut up. Uh... But Ty Cooper, as y'all know, or if you don't know, he was a he was a guy that we got this past Wednesday. He was a big time get, uh, one of the in-state battles. It was us and Ole Miss most of the way, and then towards the end, Ole Miss kind of faded out after they finished up their D-line class, and it was between us, Tennessee, and Memphis. And with all the stuff going on at Tennessee, he really didn't want to go there. And Memphis just is an SEC ball, so that he saw this was the best opportunity for him. Um Odd thing about Ty Cooper's recruitment is that he actually graduated high school early and could have enrolled this semester, but just didn't have his school plans figured out yet, uh, which kind of sucks. Tough. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been really big for his development for him to get an extra semester in Starkville. But at the end of the day, it was his decision, uh, and I'm just glad that he chose to be a Bulldog. He's he's kind of your bigger guy, kind of the opposite of what we talked about Uh with Deontay Anderson, he's kind of your more typical DN, not the sweat build, uh, more like your Kobe Jones type deal, right. just a physical guy that's going to get after the quarterback. Your DN that's closer to a D tackle versus your DN that's closer to a linebacker. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Nick Mitchell up next, out of Jacksonville, uh, I believe he went to. No, that's no, no, that's tomorrow. I don't know what high school Nick Mitchell went to. I just drew a blank. He's oh, outside you linebacker. I just put where they're from. I didn't put their yeah. high schools. Uh, Nick Mitchell, though, he's outside linebacker, 85, ranked three-star. Another talented guy. I don't know really where he fits in next year. I think he'll just be one of those guys that takes a red shirt uh, and gets to play some later years in his career. But he's a really good depth piece to have. Tamar Rogers, I feel kind of the same way about him. Tamar's from DeLand. Uh, he's an 85, ranked three-star. And like I said, I think he's another one of those guys. I think he could play Will. He could play any of the three linebacker positions, really. Um, he's he's just an interesting guy because I really don't see where he fits right now. But like I said, he's a good depth piece to have moving forward, and it's good to go ahead and get him on campus, uh, get him through some fall practices and stuff. Up next, we got Corey Ellington out of Holmes County. He's an 84-ranked three-star uh, the only DB that we had in the class very early on 
He's been he's been an MSU guy from the get go. Tony Hughes did a great job with him, uh, and he thinks very highly of him. Corey kind of has that Forbes build to him, long, skinny, athletic guy, uh, but he's not a polished DB, so I don't think he'll be on the field very much next year, just because we need we need him to get polished up uh, and let him learn behind some of the older guys while he gets ready to go. Jay Hampton, a DB out of Amory, Mississippi. Amory, sorry, don't get on me, Colton. <laughs> Amory, Mississippi, 84 ranked three star. Uh, this was a guy that is kind of similar to what we did with DeCamerian Richardson in last class, where Jay Hampton was a wide receiver at Amory, too. He never even played DB. At least DeCamerian played DB. But Jay Hampton runs like a 4 4, and that's just not something you can pass up on. So we went ahead and offered him. I believe it was the second day of the early signing period. We sent him an offer, and he, he committed instantly. Uh, and that was a big get, just like I said, pure athleticism. So every once in a while, especially when you're in the position that we're in with DBs, you just kind of have to take take a shot on somebody. Uh, and I like Jay Hampton. I think that if you're going to take a shot on somebody, it should have been Jay Hampton. Right. So, so a hometown ish guy. Yeah. Who's yeah, got the, Who's got the measurables? You know, it's not like you're you're signing somebody to play a different position that's not an athlete. A Jay Hampton's an athlete. I guess he's just one of those guys that wasn't put in a position in high school to be successful. And we've done things with those kind of guys before. So yeah. think about Nick Fitzgerald. He's running the triple option at a high school, but he wants to play quarterback in college. Yep. Like, okay, he's not going to – unless he's going to Georgia Tech, I mean, what's he going to do? And then we t- turn him into something. Of course, he never ended up being – you know, he wasn't Peyton Manning as a passer. Like, we know that. But he's still the second <laughs> most prolific quarterback we ever had. Yep. Uh, to Jay Hampton's, you know, was – Jonathan in a, Banks. There you go. Jonathan Banks, another guy. I think he had an okay, decent career here. Yeah, pretty, pretty didn't, decent. Didn't, and I believe he was unranked coming out of high school. You got you got guys that sometimes you got high school coaches that they want to do everything they can to get those guys recruited, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then you got guys that are gonna do everything they can to win the games in front of them, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But sometimes that some of those kids get the short end of the stick. They can't transfer anything to a coach that uses them more wisely. If Jay Hampton was a DB the whole time in high school, plenty of offers. Yeah. He doesn't have to commit at the day after signing day as soon as he gets an offer. Like, I, I know that. Yeah, That's not believe, anybody's fault. I believe he had offers but, to play at, like, Southern Miss, uh, UAB, South Alabama, those type of schools. He was just waiting on a big right. a, a big school to come and offer To what, him. to play receiver there? Or? No, he was going to play DB for them. Exactly. So, if you're playing receiver in – high school but everybody's offering you as a db i mean you're just kind of i actually know coker Wright. he had looks from joe moorhead as an offensive lineman here mm-hmm. went to brookhaven high school ended up playing at southern miss he's still at southern miss and doing great as an offensive lineman he's an nfl offensive lineman but he played defense all through high school he only played offense and offensive lineman in camps he wasn't put and that's not anybody's fault because, you know, Brookhaven High School, they, they wanted to win games and they needed him on, on defense. But he's not putting tape out there to get the kind of looks that he needed to play at Mississippi State. He's got the size to play at State. He's everything you could want in a lineman. He just doesn't have enough out there. Yeah, That happens sometimes. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't let it get away from us this time because we've got the types of coaches that can turn him into what he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, last up on the commit list, before we get into the portal guys, we've got Katravion Hargrove from Ruston, Louisiana. He was an 89, or I guess he'd be a 90, ranked four-star. Very, very talented guy. Uh, we're lucky that he fell into our laps. 
He's committed, has not signed, and will not sign uh, for the foreseeable future. Can't really get into that. Just know that he's a guy you want on your team, uh, talent-wise. Very good player, and I don't expect him to make an impact next year, but he's a guy that you're you're glad to get. Going to uh, really be uh, his sophomore year, or his athletic sophomore year, his athletic junior year, going to yeah. be a big guy, big, big for us. Yep. You know, once thinking about the, the – Thinking about the future, the post Marks, post Johnson era. Yep. Uh, some portal guys, real quick. We've got in the portal. These are guys that don't even affect your class ranking. Which is which is twenty fifth. Which is twenty fifth. We had a we had a really good class this year, considering everything that happened. Mike Leach's highest class ever. Um, and this they've got a. Rivals 24-7, they all need to work together and figure out how you can get these guys to count towards your class ranking. Yeah, got to. Because if you I, count these annoying. guys, we're a top 20 class. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit annoying. Yeah. Uh, There's and some so, and I saw some people say, oh, we should count the guys that leave against your class. No, you can count. You can you can talk about you know season prognosis, how they're going to do, and count the guys that leave. But the guys that leave, that's not, that's not part of the recruiting class. Yeah. You know, just because... You're only measuring the recruiting class is only measure what's going in. They're not measuring how the team is. They're not yeah. measuring how the team's going to do. They're not saying that the team's going to do good. Georgia's had two out of the last four number one classes, and what did they have to show for it? Yep. An epic choke in the SEC mm-hmm. championship game, which followed an epic choke in the national championship game. Yep. Uh, but some of the portal guys. First up, we got Randy Charlton, a DN from UCF. He was an 86 out of high school, um, big time DN. I expect him to start next year. He's an NFL draft guy who decided he wanted to raise his stock by coming back to college. Could have been drafted this year, yeah. like third or third to fifth round. Yeah. Like that's that's crazy. Things didn't pan out for him at UCF and he had to find somewhere new to play. Luckily he chose us. I mean, uh, you could win a West Championship with third or fourth fourth round draft picks across the across yeah. your defense. Yeah, for sure. Uh Mackay Polk, wide receiver out of Cal. He was an eighty four out of high school. Really good player. Uh I like to think of him as a more Athletic Osiris Mitchell, same build. Uh, they they really look very similar too. It's crazy. Even in their face, yes, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a very talented guy from Cal. Like I said, he used to play against Leach uh, when he was at Wazoo and actually torched Leach a time or two. Um, and this yeah, his is best a, his best play was against Washington yeah, State. <laughs> uh, he's a stud though. I like him a lot. I think he's like I said. Some of those catches that Osiris had, like the drag routes and slants that he had this year where he catches something over the middle and then just runs laterally for five yards and gets tackled, that's the type of stuff that Makai Polk is going to turn up field and get you a big gain. So I'm excited to have him. Jalen three Green. years left, does Makai Polk. Yes, that's correct. Jalen Green, DB from Texas, 97 out of high school. I guess 98. We're rounding. If we're rounding. <laughs> uh Jalen Green was actually, I believe he was the number one player in Texas uh, his senior year of high school and just didn't pan out at Texas. I don't really know what the heck went on there. I still well, think coaching change on his side of the ball, and that's why we got him too. Yeah, yeah, we, just, got him, we got him because Jason Washington actually recruited him when he was at Texas uh, when Jalen Green committed there. He and was then, Texas's cornerback's coach. He's our safety's coach. Yeah, and whenever Jalen uh, left or whenever he decided he was hitting the portal, Washington hit him up and said, come on. So he's a bulldog now. Uh, hopefully 
he has better luck than he did at Texas. Like I said, big time player out of high school. Would have been possibly our highest rated player ever if he came to us out of high school. He'd be our seventh rated, highest rated player if he ever came to us out of high school. Yeah. So you got Chris Jones, Jarius Norwood, those kind of guys. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons. They were all higher than a ninety-eight. Yes, they were all ninety. Well, they were ninety-eight straight up, not ninety-seven point six, but yeah, or ninety-nine. Chris Jones was ninety-nine. Yeah. Uh, now time for the portal QBs. We got Jack Abraham out of Southern Miss. He was an eighty-two out of high school, Oxford High School. Um. If you if you keep up with Southern Miss football, you know Jack Abraham. He's been their quarterback for a few years now. Talented guy. They didn't have a great record this year. Uh, I know he played three games. Yeah, yeah, but he got was, out. He opted out. Yeah. Uh, but I think I don't I don't see a, a world where Abraham gets any reps here. But I think he's more interested in being a coach. I mean, obviously he's coming here to play. He's coming here to compete. But. I think if any, at the most, this is just a really good opportunity for Abraham to come learn under one of the the better offensive I, minds I see in the a world country. where he starts. Here's the thing. You want you want to develop Sawyer, right? But let's think you're in week two and you need an emergency quarterback. You put it in the freshman that got here in June or the guy that completed 70% of his passes as a three-year starter. Give me Sawyer. I can't. Like, I can't. Like, unless you think the season's a wash already, which, again, I don't. I want it. You're not going to – I don't care if we if we lose to uh, – who's week one? La Tech. I don't care. Yeah. If you lose to La Tech week one, I still don't think the season's a wash. I, I put in the senior over the freshman. I, I but think, I think if, I trust Stolberg. As far as – Stolberg's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Is he? Yeah. What you do is I don't trust the the walk on over the guy that started. I mean he completed he completed seventy percent of his passes against Auburn, Alabama, and and us when he played us. Yeah. I mean, if if your mop up quarterback, I'd rather it be Sawyer because if you for four games because you're getting him reps and he needs, and he needs reps. But for as far as emergency quarterback goes, unless you're deep into the season, I think you got to go with Abraham. Abraham's good. Yeah, I think he is good. I just don't see him being a. I don't see him playing here, honestly. I would, uh, I don't know. I'm just more comfortable with running. I'm more comfortable with running Sawyer out there, but it's, it's really personal preference. Gavin's always high on the young guys, though. Yeah, but I love Sawyer, dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Chris Defeck and Chance Lovertich will kind of group them together. Chris Defeck is from San Jose State. Sam Houston State. Sam Houston, yeah. Uh, and Chance Lovertich was from South Alabama. This is kind of the same deal. They're coming here to learn from Leach. Uh, I don't. I mean, now if they're playing, these guys are competitors. Trouble. Yeah, if these guys are competitors and they truly believe they can win a starting job, but from knowing the program, I don't see. I don't see at all a world where these guys no, play. If if these guys are playing, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you're in big trouble if you see Jack Christofek or Chance Lovertich take the field. It just uh, means you've lost Will, you've lost Sawyer, Abraham, and maybe even Greek. Yeah, you've I lost mean, Greek at that point, too. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah, that's all we've got for the class. I mean, like we I now, now listen, walk-on quarterbacks have done things before as a grad transfer with Washington. I mean, with, with Mike Leach at Washington State, probably at Texas Tech at some point. I don't know if anybody's heard of Gardner Minshew. He's this guy who has a mullet. And was content to like become a GA after this, after his football careers are over, and he was drafted in the NFL. So, like things happen. We're not saying they're not gonna happen. We just don't think they're gonna happen. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, talking about this whole recruiting class, uh, could have been a lot worse, I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, Mike Leach does turn in the number 25 ranked recruiting class according to 247. It's 23rd according to Rivals. It's farther on back according to ESPN. I've nobody. The ESPN does actually send people to watch games. Okay, I don't know how they evaluate recruits. They evaluate the recruits if they get offered by one of the Big Ten, not Big Ten like the conference, like the 10 biggest programs. You know, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame, USC, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Texas. Like. If, if those guys are sniffing around, ESPN might send somebody to watch the game. They're not watching film of an of of. They are watching film of Antonio Harmon because ESPN did a piece when we got his commitment on signing day. They're not gonna look at uh, MJ Daniels. Jacoby MJ, Moore. They're not looking at Jacoby Moore. They're not looking at. Uh, they weren't even really looking at Sawyer Robertson. They're not looking at John Lewis. They're not looking at Teddy Knox. Why I don't know, but they just don't have enough. They they're, they got bigger fish to fry, I guess, at ESPN. Top 25 classes, according to both the actual recruiting sites, that just all they do is recruiting. That's their job. Um, did have some huge misses late, but we did a really good job replacing those guys and not get being caught off guard for the most part by some of these flips. Uh, the guys we miss, I'll go through. Mikhailan Pounders, offensive lineman, in-state guy. MJ Daniels was probably the biggest one, and then Devonta Q. Strong was, a, to, in my opinion, the biggest immediate impact. Um but you turn McAllen Pounder's flip into signing Cannon Boone. Not to talk bad about McAllen Pounder, but that's an upgrade. Cannon Boone is better than McAllen Pounder's. McAllen Pounder's is raw. He's a 15th ranked prospect in Mississippi in a year where you're really, really down. In the 2020 class, he would have been ranked 29th. The 29th prospect in the state of Mississippi goes to Jackson State, Southern Miss, if they're lucky. Okay, because think we're very seldom will we sign the 20th ranked kid at Ole Miss or Mississippi State in the state of Mississippi. It just depends on what kind of year it is. Uh, of course, we can talk about what happened with him in Ole Miss and how Lane Kiffin absolutely... We're not getting into that. ...ruined <laughs> that kid's future. Not ruined his future, but but really, really messed up his future because for fun, literally for fun. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, Brandon Buckhalter, your direct answer to Brandon Buckhalter that loss was Rara Thomas, but you also end up with Antonio Harmon. Uh... That, to me, is an upgrade. You've got two different types of receivers that are both um, going to – that both want to be here. you got one that flipped to come here, and Antonio Harmon uh, had some things fall apart, and now he gets to play for, what I guess, Kosciuszko, more of his hometown school. Brandon Buckhalter, from the moment he committed, I never thought he was going to be – I don't want to talk bad about the kid. I don't think bad of him. No, I don't think he's a bad person. There's a lot of there's a lot of people from the play. from the area for the Jackson area that are just a little bit get some bad advice and they end up thinking that they're bigger than the than the school that they're going to, and that happens a lot with with a lot of kids. Uh, and it's usually not their fault. It's usually the people that's been whispering in their ear. And I think it's the same with Brennan Buckhalter. But I've seen him play in person, and it um, you can just tell that sometimes the mo- he he felt too big for the moment, and that's just not again not probably not his fault. I know how they coach over there at Hartfield Academy too, and it's just that's probably some adults in his life's fault. It was never big on Brendan Buckhalter though. Uh, you lose Malik Neighbors, and that's a big loss. But getting Makai Polk for that, you know, I'll take it. So right now we've got a, a probably even, maybe a debatable upgrade, and then with Brent, with Buckhalter and Boone, or excuse me, Buckhalter and Thomas and Harmon versus McKaylin and to Boone. You know, you got some I would call upgrades there. Yeah. You lose N.J. Daniels. 
you'll be fine getting Jay Hampton and Jalen Green. Jalen Green, the immediate player, uh, I don't think MJ was going to come in here and start off the bat, and Jalen Green probably will. He'll definitely at least be on the two deep, barring injury or something catastrophic. And then Jay Hampton, uh, that's that's the big question mark. Jay Hampton could be Jonathan Banks, or he could be, I don't know, what's one one we could put in there that we've never heard of? Uh, it's hard to think of a, a DB that's not good. There you go. That could be Jay Hampton. We don't know. So, big question mark. If Jay Hampton is a two-deep guy and Jalen Green plays for two years here, which he has two years of eligibility, he'll probably only be here for one, uh, I'm going to say we didn't we, – we're not any worse for wear for losing MJ Daniels. Losing Devonta Q. Strong hurt. Devonta Q. Strong is a potential starting linebacker, prop, definitely a two-deep linebacker next year. Uh, and losing him out of JUCO to LSU late was hurt. You didn't really find a replacement. We've got enough linebackers – um, this time next year we'll probably be thin, but we've got enough linebackers to where we're, we'll be fine this year. But you're going to have to linebacker recruiting is going to have to be because you lose Levante Q Strong is going to have to be a premium next year. We've always yeah. had good linebackers, Mississippi State. Yeah. I can't remember the last time. And having Stone Blanton in state being the in-state favorite for him, yeah, uh, that's a big deal. As long as Clemson doesn't come knocking, we're in good shape there. I, I think. When's the last time we uh, we haven't been proud of our linebackers here? I can't remember. At least, I know in 2014, I mean, you had Richie Brown as a sophomore going crazy. Yep. I can't I can't think past that too far. We've always I mean, been that way. Before that, you had... I mean, you had Benarget McKinney before that. And, and then before that, KJ you had Wright. KJ Wright. I mean, what... Yeah. We'll be fine at linebacker. Um, Biggest thing about this class is the coaches never seem caught off guard. If so, they lost on somebody late or somebody flipped... First of all, they usually knew that they were flipping before anybody else did. Before the recruiting people did, before the uh, the fans did, the coaches were ready for it. And that's not always the case, I promise. Because the, the guy that they want to lie to the most is the coaches. You know, That's who they're going to tell you. If They're, they're not going to tell the coach they're flipping unless, uh, unless they're just nice, I guess. And then it's not a flip at that <laughs> point. It's a decommitment, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the, that's the whole point of a flip, is the coaches don't know it's happening. But we knew they were happening before they happened and prevented them from being flips and turned them into being decommitments, recommitments. Uh, but they always had a plan B, plan C, plan D for the most part. There, of course, there were some exceptions, but we were ready to replace Brendan Buckhalter, and we did. We were ready to replace McCollum Pounders, and we did. We were ready to replace Jalen uh, MJ Daniels, and maybe we did. We'll see. But we, we weren't floundering and just, okay, we have a hole in our class now. I don't think there's any... Depending on how the portal works out the next couple of months, I don't think we have any huge holes right now. I mean, we're still looking for a defensive back. Uh, really, really good out-of-state recruiting. In a week, excuse me, a season and a year where the in-state recruiting was really tough, I mean, 2021 class is probably one of the worst in-state classes Mississippi, State's, Mississippi has time. had. The state, I mean, how many four-stars did we have? I know that I know the top in twenty twenty, which was a loaded class, the fifteenth ranked guy was like a four star. Yeah. And here we're like we're stopping we're in we we run out of four stars like around number ten. We have twelve guys. I don't know. There's also a big drop off, like I told y'all, the fifteenth ranked player who's the number one offensive lineman tells you how bad offensive line recruiting was this year and defensive line recruiting to be honest. Um would have been the twenty ninth ranked player in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty two, loaded. Absolutely loaded. We don't have to recruit out of state next year very much. But 
How many of these players did we say were from yeah, we Florida had, we and had Texas? Seven four stars. Seven state. four yeah. stars, and that I'm, I'm pretty sure last year the 15th ranked kid in Mississippi State and Mississippi was a four star. A lot, a lot is six. Six? Yeah. My gosh. Because MJ got his fourth star taken. MJ's not a four star anymore. You hate to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's how many guys are here from Florida? Nick Mitchell, Tamar Rogers, um, Jaco, uh, not Jacoby Moore. Listen to me. Simeon Price, Deontay Anderson, all Florida guys. Oh, Albert Reese, Florida via Canada. Texas, you got Daniel Greek, Sawyer Robertson, Teddy Knox, um, Cannon Boone. You got one kid from Georgia, Trayvon Marshall, one kid from Louisiana, Katravion Hargrove, and one kid from Alabama, Ra Ra Thomas. When you're going into hotbeds, I mean, like football, high school football, like buffets really of, of recruits when it comes to how many people come out of Florida and Texas and recruiting there successfully you're doing something right especially to be two states away I mean we're not I mean let's be honest we're not USC we're not Notre Dame to get a kid from really far away where where you got to worry about Florida Miami Florida State Georgia Georgia Tech I guess Texas Texas A&M I guess Texas Tech TCU and Baylor Passing, by the way, not even mentioning the closer schools to them, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Arkansas. You're doing something right. You're doing something right. And a lot of these guys, especially these upper-level guys, weren't. it's not that they they weren't wanted by other programs. Talking about Teddy Knox. Talking about Sawyer Robertson. You also got some really good steals. Albert Reese is a steal. He's going to be phenomenal as a player. Uh, Ty Cooper is a steal. Ra-Ra Thomas, Jacoby Moore. All guys that were probably underrated. Did I say Ty Cooper? He's definitely underrated. No, you didn't say Ty. Ty Cooper's underrated. We're going to move now, though, talking about a position breakdown just for the last about 15 minutes of the of the episode. Um, what we expect next year. Some of these are, are dead giveaways, uh, very, very clear. Some of these we have to talk about a little bit. On defense, starting your on the cornerback, you're going to have, of course, Martin Emerson. Uh, had an All-American caliber season last year. Um, he is going to be, I mean, what? Unless he has a junior slump, you don't really hear about junior slumps. No, he is going that's to That's an be, All-American. I mean, that's that's at least an All-SEC guy. Yeah. I don't. I like our cornerbacks better than anybody in the league. I would. I need some more depth. You need cornerback oh, and our safety starting, depth. Our starting corners are better than anybody. But our starter cornerbackers are. I wouldn't I'd take away from anybody. No. You got DeCamerian Richardson, who didn't play this year, who will be a sophomore backing him up, which I guess will be a freshman because yeah. everybody's a freshman. That yeah, was a freshman. DeCamerian battled some injuries this year. Uh, he's, like I said, he's the guy that I gave an example of taking a chance on a kid. Right. Uh, just pure athleticism. I think he's six, six, really three, long. six, four now. Really long. Built like Gilmore uh, yep. and very fast, very athletic. He's a guy that, like I said, if you're going to take a chance on a guy, this is this is it. And, of so. course, you got your three safeties coming up next. Uh, free safety, we'll have Jalen Green. Strong safety, probably Fred Peters. Then a uh, dog safety, you got Colin Duncan. So, again, Jalen Green, the cornerback from Texas, converted to a, a cover safety. That is – I can't un- un- stress enough how big you are, how big it was to get that, that guy. You needed one more cover safety. You've got run-stopping and hard-hitting safeties all across the board. Yeah, we've got we've got a plethora of those. But, and we're tired of getting those right, guys. Right, but you needed a guy that could run with with team's second or third best receiver, even the first best receiver, and can not get out jumps, cannot get out run. I mean, look at look at the Ole Miss game. Look at the, the Georgia game. You needed one more 
literally one more cover safety. You needed one more Marcus Murphy type. Uh, and Marcus Murphy can lay the thump too, but that's an interception machine. Jalen Green helps. At the strong safety, you talked about Fred Peters and Colin Duncan, of course. Fred Peters, who missed most of the season last year, and Colin Duncan, who was uh, the surprise starter other than London Kraft, but started all year and learned a lot. The growth that that guy had, I mean, he got had a couple interceptions this year against both Vanderbilt and Missouri. Uh, might have had one against Texas A&M. Forbes did. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I feel, feel like he, I feel like he had one that I'm forgetting. But um, you're gonna see a lot of growth out of Colin Duncan. Of course, Fred Peters is one of your leaders. If there's anything that you're worried about on the defense, it's, it's leadership. But that's gonna come from Fred Peters and his backup, C.J. Morgan. And you're gonna have Janari Dean uh, backing up Jalen Green probably, and then Sean Preston also back up. When I list all these safeties, guys, they're going to move in and out. It, I, I was about to say, I think the biggest toss-up is that dog, and I think that's a two-man battle against Colin Duncan and Sean Preston. Right, but I mean... Those, those are two very... Especially if Sean Preston gets in the weight room this offseason, yeah. it's hard to deny him. All of these backups, though, are going to rotate around. You know, we think that we'll have Jalen at the free, Fred at the strong, Colin at the dog. All these backups, they're going to have to learn a little bit of all of it, okay? You're going to have the five... It's going to be the five best defensive backs. Position, I don't want to say this is positionless on the back end. It's not. But we're not going to say, oh, Colin Dun- Sean Preston tackles a little bit better, but Colin Duncan's better at everything else. So let's put Colin at strong and Sean Preston at the dog. No, we're going to put the three best out there. If, mm-hmm. if Fred, five if, best, really. Or fi- five best, according uh, to your cornerbacks. But I don't ha- think there's any doubt that who's going to be playing cornerback. Yeah. All right, at linebackers, you're going to be starting, of course, with Aaron Brule at the wheel, probably backed up by Deshaun Page. Buki Watson had a great end of the season last year. He'll also uh, be backed up by Deshaun Page. He'll be at the mic. Buki Watson had a great game when Errol Thompson left in the second uh, play of the game against Missouri. And Tyrus Wheat, probably the most productive newcomer last year, I think, was Tyrus Wheat, especially on defense. Uh, well, most productive newcomer on defense. Yeah. I don't. There's a lot of newcomers on offense that did okay. Yeah. But uh, Tyrus I mean, Wheat Forbes led the I L- guess. <laughs> Forbes, but Tyrus Wheat was playing all year long. Yeah, I mean Forbes obviously was the most dynamic and is gonna be the better the better player of everybody that was new last year. But Forbes didn't play the first three games except as a backup, and then he gets becomes a starter after the Ar- uh, Kentucky game, and it was all that was all she wrote. Because remember, you picked Forbes as starting, and I said to be Furge, and Furge started, but he didn't keep on starting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Emmanuel Forbes, um, I actually never said that Emmanuel Forbes was the other starting cornerback. I skipped over that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Emmanuel Forbes is your starting cornerback, <laughs> probably backed up by Asias Furge. And again, Asias Furge is a guy that had, had some reps last year, uh, would get lost a little bit in coverage, but he's a good tackler. I'd like to see him, uh, improve from his experience last year as, as when he was a sophomore and just be serviceable. Again, we need depth back there. We need guys that you can that you can just put in as back cornerbacks are not going to get burnt. Because Emerson and Forrest can play a lot of snaps. Emerson led the team in defensive snaps last year. Anyway, on to Tyrus Sweet. Tyrus Sweet backed up by DeMonte Russell. Uh, I think DeMonte is going to have a breakout year. Going to be uh, maybe a dark horse candidate to be the best newcomer on the defense this year. Of course, you got to think about Jalen Green. And then the next guy we're going to talk about, uh, Randy Charlton. Randy Charlton, backed up by Aaron Odom, who's been here for forever. Aaron Odom yeah. came in with Chauncey Rivers. Yeah. And Chauncey, this will be Chauncey's Rivers. <laughs> well, our second year about Chauncey Rivers will be in 2021, and Aaron Odom will be the backup defensive end again. 
Uh, but Randy Charlton, looking at like an NFL-type guy, that's going to be where all your production that you lost from Kobe Jones and Marquis Spencer is going to be have to be made up for, at least most of it. Nathan Pickering starting in the middle. Jaden Cromedy moving to the other defensive end. That's what we're gonna, expecting. That's not been confirmed. Not confirmed, but we're just we too loaded at D-tackle. we got to be confident. Right. Uh, Jaden Cromedy, you're going to want to put him like starting at defensive end, okay? Third down situations, pass ru- obviously pass rush situations, you know, third and manageable, third and long. You want Jaden Cromedy in the middle and then Jordan Davis on the defensive end. Yeah. Okay. That's and then Cam Young's gonna be rotating in there at tackle, and then Jordan Davis. Probably gonna be your backup defensive end and your backup linebacker is Jordan Davis, but I expect him to be on the field a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's really, really good. So there's your there's how you are up front again, just going down the starters. Emerson, Jalen Green at free safety, Fred Peters at strong safety, Colin Duncan at uh dog safety, Forbes, Brule. Buki Watson at the mic, Tyrus Weed at the Sam linebacker, and then your defensive end, defensive tackle, and other defensive end is Charlton, Pickering, and Crumity. That's our guess. Biggest key to this is what I talked about this a couple episodes earlier. Make London Craft and Jim and Jay Jemison your third string stringers again. Not that they weren't awesome. I mean, they were for what we asked them to do last year. I couldn't have asked anything different. They had their knocks, they had their lumps. Jay Jemison didn't play much to the end. I don't. I don't think of any negative highlights he had in the bowl game. But if you make those guys third string again, you've got experienced third string guys. Think about the experience at safety. Jalen Green's the gonna be the least and Janari Dean are gonna be the least experienced ones. And uh other than that you've got a sixth year senior, a fifth year senior, Colin Duncan who was a starter, Sean Preston who started a whole lot, and then two more borderline or starting safeties as your backups. Your third string. That's we. I like our our defensive back situation a lot more. Worried again about cornerback depth. Yeah, that's. I think that's your biggest concern. Moving over to the offensive side of the ball, we're gonna start off with the outside wide receiver. Uh, I think one of our starting outside receivers is Malik Heath, and I think he'll be backed up by Caleb Ducking. Uh, inside wide receivers, we're looking at Tulu starting, backed up by Teddy Knox and Brad Cumbest. Uh, moving on to the O-line, we've got Charles Cross backed up by Albert Reese at left tackle. Uh, like I said, Albert's a young guy that he could really benefit from getting here early, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up starting at right tackle if Cameron Jones does make the move to guard. But I really think all that really just depends on how well Albert uh, comes along. Our offensive guard, starting left guards, uh, I think this will be a rotation of LaQuinston Sharp and Scott Lashley. Your guess is as good as mine on which one of those guys is starting. They're both talented, both experienced. Uh, Some think, more like eighth-year seniors there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, center, we're looking at Cole Smith and Cannon Boone. Cole Smith will get the majority of the reps, and hopefully Cannon's able to just redshirt uh, and stay behind him and learn some stuff. Right guard, we're looking at uh, Dalla Bill. Katravius Johnson. Yeah, Katravius Johnson. Uh Backed up by Nick Jones, one of the JUCO guys. And then we've got Cameron Jones at right tackle, backed up by Grant Jackson and Carson Williams. Grant Jackson out of Lincoln County, Mississippi. Big, strong, country strong guy. That is a big man. <laughs> yep. He uh, is a large dude. I'm glad he got to redshirt, which I guess everybody redshirted this year. But yeah. definitely Other, needed needed to catch up to SEC speed, but he's definitely got the body for it. Yeah. Other inside receiver, we're looking at Jaden Wally. Jaquarius Spivey and Jacoby Moore. 
But if, if Jacoby Moore is as good as I think he is, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes Tulu's spot starting on the inside and then Tulu gets bumped back out to outside where he belongs. Tulu belongs on the outside because he's fast. Yeah, but Teddy belongs on the inside. But where then where does Malik go? This this I don't want to pick these starting results. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we gotta just throw out the whole episode. We can't say no. Uh, we can say it. Malik, I don't <laughs> I don't know where Malik goes at that point. I I mean maybe a backup or Makai Pole. No, Makai's starting. I don't care. Starting. <laughs> uh, other outside receiver, Makai Polk. Uh, and then backed up by Rara Thomas and Antonio Harmon, both freshmen. Looking at quarterback. To at least start the year, we're thinking Will Rogers, Sawyer Robertson, Jack Abraham, and then Daniel Greek. And then running backs, you already know, it's a stable of uh, Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson backed up by Simeon Price. Right. Really, really young at running back. Uh, again, who the backup quarterback is, it's going to depend on is it an emergency or is it mop-up? There's no point in having Jack Abraham mop-up if you're the games in, in hand for one team or the other. Uh, unless Sawyer Roberts has already, already done that four times. Yeah. So if you're in an emergency situation, I still think you want the experienced guy. I know Sawyer, Sawyer's great, and Gavin and I differ on this. Um, running back room is really young. Really, really young. You got two freshmen that are not really freshmen, and then a freshman that is really a freshman, and that's really it. I guess there's some walk ons in there somewhere. You don't have Kylan Hill. You don't have. Uh, <sighs> Kareem Walker. Kareem Walker. Oh, if you if you had asked if I didn't have to say his name, I would have remembered it. <laughs> That's how you don't that have Kareem Walker back there. Uh, you don't have Lee Witherspoon back there. Very very young, very very capable running back room. I think if Marks or Johnson was the feature back, you'd be fine. And then you're gonna have basically them splitting time. Uh, we didn't even mention Austin Williams. Where, where does he fit into this? I think. Yeah, I honestly completely forgot. I deleted him from your lineup that you had made, and then I just forgot to add him back. Well, like, you could put him at all four of these positions. Yeah, I think he'll back up Wally. You know, like where... Or if we decide to keep Tulu on the outside, which is ideal, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You could probably replace... All right, you see where we have ducking? Right. Replace ducking with Tulu, and then where Tulu was, slide Austin in, starting on the inside. Okay. But I think Caleb Ducking should play too. I mean, we have an embarrassment of riches. No. You good? Ducking is a no. That's a no for me, at least. Have you seen him play? Yeah. Have I you mean, not? No, I have. He's huge. Mm-hmm. He's massive. He is big. I'll give him that. Is he slow? We got rid of slow, big guys, okay? We don't need any more. The one we sent is headed to the NFL to try to do something. <laughs> so he is We're, slow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, not a, I'm not a ducking fan. I I want explosiveness. Got you out of the wide receiver group. Well, what I, what that does lead me to say is like we slipped. We had a feasible, oh, totally okay. perfect, not perfect, but workable, would have been fine, uh, lineup of receivers, and we didn't even mention Austin Williams, who's probably going to start just out of slip of yeah. the mind. There's I don't want to say like an embarrassment of riches because a lot of these guys are unproven, but you have every type of receiver you could want at a talent level you could want. Let's look at Jaden Wiley. Just a dog. Inside, outside, whatever. He can play. Spivey, Cumbest, Antonio Harmon, to a lesser extent, we'll say ducking. Huge guys. Can out-jump people. Sure-handed. Well, I shouldn't say sure-handed about Spivey. But, or zone busters. Yeah. 
You've got talented guys. You've got Tulu Griffin and Teddy Knox who are faster than Lightning and will can line up inside, even outside, and can get over beat, can get over the top of a defense. You've got a true number one receiving option from another school in Makai Polk. Uh, where does Rara Thomas and uh, fit into that? Where does Jacoby Moore fit into that? I mean, you have got and there's some guys I'm sure we haven't even mentioned that could play receiver. Who mm-hmm. Brody King? <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, there's if you want a huge receiver, if you want a fast receiver, if you just want a good receiver, if you want a mix, we've got it. <laughs> I, yeah. I just think that's kind of odd. Yeah, you we got we got a little bit of everything in the receiver room. Right you've now. got your your basically tight ends, and then your basically running backs, and then your guys. Those those breeds are not meant for the or like Tyreek Hill air raid. Like we're not getting any more. We got Antonio Harmon. Yeah, but he's polished. He he's here to be a wide receiver. Right, right. No, we're not gonna have any. We're not gonna recruit any more tight ends no. to play here. But he's built about like Spivey. Yeah. Uh, and that helps against the zone. You know, you just mm-hmm. have a big body, and then you have somebody that's hard to tackle. That's gonna get you eight or ten yards of pop every time. Yeah. Oh, the only other question. I mean, and that's a, not necessarily a question so much or a concern so much as a just wow. Like, what are we gonna do with all these receivers? I mean, how many do we hold on to? I'm glad a lot of them are young, and we're not expecting a lot of them to contribute immediately. Yeah, thank goodness. If these are all sophomores to, to seniors, like they they'd be leaving left and right because yeah. they can't possibly all get catches. Luckily, somebody this that we is mentioned, the air raid. somebody that yeah. Luckily, that's the best chance for them to get catches. But somebody we just mentioned is not going to play very much. I hope it. I hope it's some of these freshmen. You know, I hope it's Thomas and Harmon and uh, Knox, and they can get uh, and more, and they can get red shirts. But some of these guys that we mentioned are not going to have any production at all. But if you put them out there, they'd probably still do well. I mean, that's how we are at receiver. Yeah. The only other question is, and this is a concern, is can the offensive line improve? The offensive line was really inconsistent. They had a couple of decent games, but I don't think anybody would call them – there's not many bright spots on the line. Mm-hmm. Does a year in spring ball and fall camp get them ready to play? We really, with as much talent as we have at every other position on the skill side – can they be average? Can the offensive line be average? What do they have to do to become average? What do they have to do to be healthy? Okay. What do they have to do to be maybe better than average? And then who's going to play guard? We know what we got at center. We're pretty good at tackle. But who's going to play guard? I guess Dollar Bill is is a solid choice. But yeah. you're going to have one guard where you're a little bit confused about. We've got enough talent. You've got an Alabama fifth year, Alabama sixth year senior at Scott Lashley, five star recruit. Uh, started all all year last year in Charles Cross, except for the game he had COVID. Cotravius Johnson, who's a stud, and then uh, Cole Smith, who was a started all year last year. LSU former LSU player is going to be plenty of experience. I guess Cameron Jones on offensive tackle, who might not even play tackle, is the one you're worried about. But who's after that? Okay, LaQuinton Sharp and some freshmen. Uh, LaQuinton Sharp and some JUCO guys. That's where things get a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, it's when you'd love to have Nick Penley. Yeah, that'd God be that'd him. be a luxury uh, that we don't that we can no longer afford. But uh, if you can get an average year, okay, out of your offensive line, and statistically, they might have a lot of sacks because we drop back forty times a game. Don't look at that. But are they getting pressure with three guys? If you can't drop three and get pressure. That's an improvement. We'll take that at this point. If you if you if you're rushing three and and sometimes four and only getting pressure, 
you know, slightly above or, or, or right at average for most teams, we'll be fine with how many playmakers we have. Um, can they also avoid penalties? Because you had a lot of games. You know, if we ever got off schedule last year, we were, we were toast. That drive was toast. Five yards off schedule was a killer um, in pretty much every single game. Uh, a false start or delay of game or uh, or anything like that was, was enough to just might as well just get ready to punt. Find more room for your punter, maybe. That needs to be, you know, first and 15 needs to not look much different than first and 10 for this team. Anything yeah. else? Nope. Had a good long episode today. Next week will be, is it a baseball preview episode, I guess? No, we still got a week. Well, that'll be the the next time we record after that will be the night before the game. That'll be like a weekend preview. Yeah. Do we do a season preview next week? Yeah, we'll bring them a season preview. Is that what y'all want? Let us uh-huh. know. If that's what y'all want, I think that's what they want. Yeah. Would you? All right. DM, uh, and we'll count them up. DM Stark Vegas Report. Yeah, DM Stark Vegas Report, and we will count up, say either you want a baseball preview or you want a basketball review. Basketball-focused episode. We'll yeah. mention basketball either way, but... I don't know. We might not. We didn't today. <laughs> we didn't today. They have to Congrats to the men's team for a huge win against... Iowa State, yeah. who's not good at all, but <laughs> if you beat any, I don't care if you beat Mississippi Valley State, if it's by 40, if you beat a college team by 40, you did something, okay? Uh, and they played awful at Arkansas and still had a chance to win that game. Absolutely terrible. The One of the worst basketball games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and we only lost by a little bit. Positive. Thinking positive over here at Star Vegas Report. Looking on the bright side. Yep. All right. All right. Well, we will get to y'all next week with uh, the episode of your choice. And with that being said, swing your sword and hail state. Hail state.